Welcome to the Calgary Ward 1 virtual debate. While this debate is being held virtually via Zoom, we'd like to acknowledge that we are on the lands of the Treaty 7 territories and Region 3 of the Métis Nations of Alberta. Participating Ward 1 candidates will square off in a debate tonight about the issues posed by you, the residents of Calgary. Good evening. My name is Christopher Brown, the host of the Cross Border Interview Podcast, and tonight I will be playing moderator. Prior to tonight's debate, I reached out to all candidates via email who were running for Ward 1's counselor. Candidates were given the same information and the same details about tonight's debate. Participating candidates in today's debate are as followed in alphabetical order by last name. Tom Ananick, Chris Blatch, Jacob McGregor, Gaz Kamar, Sonia Sharp, Larry Tweedle, and Steve Webb. We should note right now that candidate Shauna Sears was confirmed to appear until noon today, but she had to back out. The candidates have agreed to tonight's debate rules, and I will try my best to ensure that we keep on time and on schedule. Over the last few weeks, we have had over 140 submissions alone for tonight's debate. The candidates were not given the questions prior to tonight's debate, but they were given the topics. Those topics include COVID-19 recovery, budget and taxes, road safety, volunteerism in the community, homelessness, and retention and attraction of residents. Now, for those who are watching via YouTube, I will be bringing in the candidates now. Here they are, all seven of them. Wave everyone if you wish. There you go. Each candidate will have a one-minute uh, opening statement, and again, we will be going in alphabetical order. Starting this time with Tom, I just want to make sure that I get my clock started here. Sorry. Tom, one-minute opening statement whenever you're ready. Thanks for the opportunity. I'm Tom Antonick, a resident of Valley Ridge. With over 30 years of experience in the financial industry, I've held a position as a branch manager of a credit union, elected representative for, with, for two terms with Mortgage Professionals Canada, and multiple years as a residential commercial mortgage broker. I bring a strong understanding of business development, budgeting, and real estate sustainability. I've helped small businesses grow and exceed while building my, my own. The city of Calgary has a budget of over a billion dollars a year. We need to continue to build on the future while reducing our debt load without cutting services or increasing property taxes. We need a representative that knows how to handle finance. We need someone who has sat at the table with large corporations and has fought for the overall good of a community. We need someone who truly understands business without forgetting the most important thing, our community first. I'm Tom Antonick, and I believe I am that person. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Now we will go to Chris. Minute to yourself whenever you're ready. Hi, everyone. <clears throat> Thanks for joining us tonight. I'm Chris Blatch. I'm running to be councillor for Ward 1. Many of you may have known me for the last uh, run in uh, 2017 when I ran as councillor as well. Uh, I grew up in Calgary and I'm a resident of Ward 1. I am running uh, because I would like to see some change in city council and the way the city does things. I'd like to see if we could better engage people. Right now, uh, ideas are being pushed through and there's not a lot of listening to the people that have to deal with the consequences and the choices that are made. So I, uh, 
my background is I went to the University of Calgary. I was uh, I joined the Canadian military, and then after that, I started my own business. And from there, uh, I went and uh, actually changed tracks, and I became a, a librarian with the city of Calgary and uh, the public library. And then I became a school librarian, and so now that's where I'm at. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you, Chris. Jacob, minute to yourself whenever you're ready. Thank you, Chris. It's an honor to be here tonight. My name is Jacob McGregor. I'm a lifelong born and raised Calgarian, and I've been a resident of Ward 1 for over a decade. Tonight, you're going to hear a lot of what the city current city council is doing wrong. But I'd like to illustrate a positive, practical vision for Ward 1 based on conversations I've had with residents for over a year to make us a, a sorry, to make us a, sorry, to, to make us vibrant, safe, and and thrive and thrive. I believe I'm the best candidate for this position. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jacob. Gaz, a minute to yourself whenever you're ready. Hi, my name is Gaz Kamer. I am living in Ward 1 since last 10 years. I am running a business in Ward 1 in Royal Oak almost a decade. I am strong advocate for childcare. I work with families, what I believe, like as I am managing multiple daycare center during this pandemic time, I believe city work like a corporation. There should be business owner, they should come forward to help the city, to help the community. As a business owner, when we survive during pandemic, we know how to manage in limited resources. So there should be people who work, who have experience to sign on the front of the check instead of the back. So I believe I am the best candidate community know me very well and they know that I am really approachable to them. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gaz. Sonia, minute to yourself whenever you're ready. Good evening, everyone. Thank you, Chris, for hosting this debate. I'm Sonia Sharp. I'm born and raised Ward 1 resident. I was born into an entrepreneurial family and I was taught the value of hard work sacrifice at a very young age. I have 16 years of business experience and ownership and I've worked for the city for 20 years, uh, which included 14 years in planning and development. And most recently, uh, I led the business and local economy portfolio. When I was a leader in city administration, I became frustrate, frustrated at times with a lack of empathy under, and understanding towards the impact decisions being made um, on regular people's lives. This past July, I resigned from the city and I wanted to pursue my candidacy for Ward 1. I believe that running for council will give me the best chance to make a positive impact. And I believe you want to make a difference. You have to be willing to step up. I have the knowledge of what work needs to be done and how we can become a better and more successful modern municipal government. Thank you. Thank you, Sonia. Larry, minute to yourself whenever you're ready. Hi, everyone. Thank you for our host, Chris, and my fellow candidates that are present here tonight. 
I am Larry Tweedale, and I want to be your Ward 1 counselor. I am high in good public services, and I want to see Calgary to be a most livable city again. I'm born and raised in, as a Calgarian, and I have lived and worked here for most of my life. I've worked in Ward 1 for the past eight years. Calgarians desire, desire counselors who will roll up their sleeves and get ready to work on the issues that are pressing. They want people who will listen to their concerns and will do, do not publicly squabble with their counterparts. I will be that person. I am Larry Tweedale. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Steve, a minute to yourself whenever you're ready. Just get unmuted here. There you go. Uh, my name is Stephen Webb. I'm a third generation Calgarian. Uh, I remember talking to my grandparents about the days of streetcars running down 16th Ave and Marta Loop. And my grandma always spoke to the issues of the good old days. I understand the trends of this city and where Ward 1 residents expect to see the trend going from here in the years ahead. My wife and my nine-year-old son and I live in scenic acres. I've experienced life in Calgary for all but eight years of my life, where I lived in Peter Lougheed Provincial Park in Calgary's beautiful backyard. I get this city and the need to protect beauty, the beauty that surrounds it. I've been an entrepreneur since my first lemonade stand at the age of eight. More recently, I've been a small business owner for nearly 20 years. I've learned how to create teams, manage people and finances, and make decisions to solve complex problems, all while maintaining profits and nurturing relationships. <coughs> Pardon me, with staff, customers, and consultants. Collaboration has been a way to success in my family business. Uh, why did I run? I'm tired of being frustrated and I've lost confidence in my municipal government. I will restore transparency and accountability in City Hall with my three-pillar platform. Thank you. Uh, before we continue, uh, you just introduced yourself as Stephen. Am I getting that wrong? Are you Steve or Stephen? Uh, I go by Steve Webb. My driver's license uh, says otherwise. <laughs> okay, so I will continue to uh, address you as Steve if that's okay. That'd be great. Uh, Thanks, Chris. Now we turn to the topics of tonight's debate. Once I pose the question, each uh, candidate will have one minute and 30 seconds to respond to said question. The questions will be in alphabetical order, but this time it will be starting with Chris. Topic one, COVID-19 recovery. This question was posed from Richard. One of the biggest obstacles that the next council will have to address is the recovery from COVID-19. How do you envision yourself as the next city councillor for Ward 1 being able to help guide Calgary through the recovery process? So a minute and 30 seconds whenever you're ready, Chris. So uh, it's kind of weird uh, talking about it right now as we're still within it and we're uh, need to be working together and uh, adhering to such uh, all the uh, precautionary steps that we can uh, so we don't repeat this endless cycle of reopening but uh, certainly there's it's accelerated changes within the city and uh, things that were already happening and we have to know what the city is going to look like in the future so 60 percent of people are saying that they want to re remain working at home so we're not seeing the same commuting numbers uh in some way or another when i say working at home uh, we might have a downtown that looks very different 
And we might not have cities that are primarily based around commerce. People could live anywhere and they have to be, why are we choosing Calgary? I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about that for our last subject. But uh, we need to embrace the reality of the situation and not throwing money at ideas that nobody's asking for. So we have to make sure that people are telling us what they want. And that goes back to listening to what communities are telling us. We also have to make sure that we're helping to rebuild small businesses. The small businesses really are offering us the foundations for good quality jobs in Calgary. And I think our city has really failed local talent because we have so much potential in the city and we have to make sure that we're nurturing the business that is here and we're not taxing businesses to death. Uh, we need to help startups and we have to give guidance to people that are looking to start jobs, uh, start businesses and, and create jobs. And we have to make sure that young people are involved in this as well, because we have to attract and retain them to this city. And that's how we're going to, we can move forward and build. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Jacob, uh, I, I do, before you do start, I, I was just, I'm just monitoring YouTube as well as we do this. And some of the guests, uh, the, some of the watchers weren't able to hear the question. So I'm going to repeat the question for the people who are watching this. So uh, please bear with me for one second. This question is from Richard. One of the biggest obstacles that the next council will have to address is the recovery from COVID-19. How do you envision yourself as the next city councillor for Ward 1 being able to help guide Calgary through this recovery process? Jacob, minute and 30 seconds to yourself whenever you're ready. Ultimately, as has been said just now, it is going to be about listening. But one of the things I've heard in my conversations at the doors is we have to make it easier to run a business in the city. And that means we can't be over-regulating the business sector. That's why I'm proposing a regulatory budget wherein for every regulation created by administration to have to be eliminated. This will cut red tape and make things more affordable. We also have to invest deeply into emerging sectors like tech. There's organizations such as Platform Calgary that are doing a wonderful job in accelerating tech startups. And we need to invest in these sorts of organizations to move the city forward and that is something that we can do where people can work from home additionally if we make the city more livable in terms of providing the services that people use every day they'll want to move here we can attract talent and we'll come out of covid stronger than before thank you Thank you, Jacob. Next is Gaz. Gaz, whenever you're ready, a minute and 30 seconds. Hi. The most important thing for recovery is uh, financially, emotionally, socially, mentally. So right now I will cover financially. We need to be business friendly. There should be tax break for the businesses. We need to support the businesses who are surviving in this economy. They are like myself. I am almost uh, um, like uh, providing job, creating jobs in Ward 1. Almost 30 people, they are employed. They are working for me. So I am creating jobs for them. There should be some tax break for all the businesses regarding uh, socially and emotionally as I work with children. So I am strongly advocate for our future for children. Since 
since pandemic, what I have seen, many toddlers, they are coming to us with autism. Why they are going through towards the autism? Because they are, it is kind of post-pandemic babies. So there will be some recovery plan for, from the government, from the province, uh, for, for a city, for those people. We need to work together. And second thing, and other thing is socially. Right now, human, we are social animals. We need to be social. And yes, we need to be social by following AHS guidelines. So yes, we need to support the businesses. Financially, it's really important. People are suffering to put food on their tables. Many single women, they are working on two jobs to cover their expenses. So we need to work closer for them. Thank you so much. Sonia, minute and 30 seconds to yourself whenever you're ready. Um, so as we look forward to the economic recovery, um, there's a couple of things. Some have been mentioned already. Um, one thing is making sure we're supporting local business and continuing to get out of the way for businesses to do their business in Calgary. And that means streamlining process, removing red tape, um, and also really making sure we're working with the business community. There's lots of programs and committees and task force already um, kind of developed to make sure that they're included at the table. The other thing we want to talk a little bit about is uh, becoming an inclusive Calgary. Um, we need to make sure that we're retaining the talent we have um, and start being innovative in attracting more talent to Calgary. As Jacob mentioned, you know, looking at our partners like Calgary Economic Development and Platform Calgary. Um, we also need to decide what kind of city we want to be um, when it comes to equity, diversity, inclusion. And I believe we can do better. And the other thing we can talk about a little bit is um, imagining our downtown, um, you know, it's it's vacant and we have very high vacancy rates. We need to create a meaningful incentives for businesses and citizens to come downtown. And um, the other thing we really need to start really working on, and I believe we can do a much better job is strengthening our position and partnership with the province. Um, improving our decision making with them, um, enabling change. And um, this is what we can do. We can make progress happen there. And as well is um, starting to look at some of the downfalls of COVID um, and making sure that we're really, really allocating time and resources to mental health um, and wellness as well. Thank you. Thank you, Sonia. Larry, minute and 30 seconds whenever you're ready. Yes, we. I envision myself as someone who will comply with recommendations from our doctors and our medical community. Science-based practices and policies are the only route to follow if we are to achieve recovery initially. Where possible, small businesses must be given support and allowed to remain open as long as safety measures can be followed. We've got to ask the federal government for one-year wage and rent subsidies for small businesses and for workers. We must not be hasty in abandoning our health safety practices, such as masking, sanitation and social distancing. And we must promote vaccine passports. The vaccination program must be encouraged and more mobile clinics established. Uh, finally, Honor our healthcare providers, educate all, or sorry, finally honor our healthcare providers, educators, and frontline workers. We must also transform our downtown 
so that it becomes vibrant once again. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Steve, minute and 30 seconds to yourself whenever you're ready. Okay, uh, when it comes to post-COVID, I think we need to be pragmatic and practical when it comes to the inflationary state of the economy. Uh, we're gonna have to address cost of living. Um, we're, we're gonna have to, sorry, we're gonna have to address cost of living, wage inflation within the city and worker shortages, which are happening with small businesses. We need innovative ideas to ensure we are prepared to help individuals and get out of the way of small business in this post-COVID world. Uh, being a small business owner for nearly 20 years, I understand the need for efficiency and productivity for success. That's why I'm proposing a budget freeze for three years so we can begin a dive into the expense side of the balance sheet at City Hall so we can really add value to taxpayers' money and help come out of this pandemic hitting the ground running. We need to work more collaboratively and not combatively with the provincial government to make better decisions for the safety of Calgarians getting through this pandemic. Only then can we restore confidence in our municipal government in the eyes of my fellow Ward 1 residents. We have to get innovative with how we provide services at City Hall and look at what services might not be in the best interest of broader Calgarians. Finally, we need to collaborate with technology, entertainment, indoor agriculture and innovation companies and give them breaks on fees and bureaucracy to encourage them into our downtown core and other areas that have seen an increased vacancy rates throughout the city. Thank you. Thank you. And last on this topic will be Tom. Tom, a minute and 30 seconds whenever you're ready. Thank you. And start off, my son texted me while he's watching and says, no one knows who we are, so I want to follow the examples of everyone else around me and put my name behind me. I don't know if you can read that or not. I'll fix it afterwards. <laughs> Having a little bit of fun here, people. Um, basic economics tells us spend money. When we're in a recession or a depression, which we're borderline uh, depression right now, um, with the, the loss of jobs, the downturn, um, inflation rates are going to start going out. We need, still need to spend money. We need to get people working. In order to do that, we need to tap into the endless amount of cash the federal government is going to start throwing at everyone. And when we get that money, we need to put it back into public infrastructure. We need to get the, the well, we're starting the arena, but we need to continue with the arena at the BMO Center, the Arts Commons. We need to start putting money back into those things. We need to start improving our community centers, our hockey arenas, our baseball diamonds. We need to get the money back in there because it's going to create a social atmosphere that makes people generally happy. Spending money is the, the way we're going to get out of this thing. And the best part is I don't want to spend our money. I want to spend the federal government's money. We also need to continue on with uh, what the Economic Resilience Task Force has done. And they've uh, actually reduced their, free, their fees and taxes for small and medium businesses. We need to continue that for you know one or two years after we're out of this pandemic. Thank you, Chris. Just on that note, from Tom's comment there, uh, I, I, I'm going to give everyone an extra 10 seconds next question, just to introduce yourself for those who are coming late to the debate. So you will all get 10 seconds to just say your name. So for those who uh, can, that'd be greatly appreciated. Topic number two, and this is about budget and taxes. And we are starting with Jacob on this question. So Jacob, the question is from Jonathan. 
Inflation is a big concern for myself and my neighbors. The cost of living is going through the roof and it has caused our families to look at expenditures that might need to be cut. I would like to know from the candidates, yet again, this is Jonathan asking the question. I'd like to know from the candidates what they believe is the best way to move forward when it comes to the city's budget and potential property tax increases in this hard economy. Jacob, a minute and 30 seconds to yourself whenever you are ready. I honestly believe that we should be instituting a tax freeze until we begin our recovery, similar to what Steve said. But I think in terms of cost of living, which was really the crux of John's question, we need to start looking at um, what services the city can privatize and maybe increasing housing supply so that we can bring down the cost of housing and make it actually affordable to own a home in Calgary and to stay here and build a life and enjoy the amenities like the arena and the BMO Center and the Arts Commons that Tom was speaking about. When we spend the federal government's money, we have to make sure there's people here to be able to enjoy the things we're spending it on. And I think there's so much we can do to affect affordability in Calgary and minimize the city's budget inflation. Thank you. And just uh, for the listeners there, Jacob, can you just say your name for us? I apologize. I'm Jacob McGregor. Thank you so much. Next, we will go to Gaz. Gaz, again, introduce yourself once again for those who are tuning in now and then minute and 30 seconds whenever you're ready. Hi, it's Gaz Kamar. So, yes, lower the taxes is really, really important. I door knocked almost 37,000 doors in my in my ward. One of the gentlemen, he came and he asked, why you care about too much, like lowering the taxes uh, for um, for businesses? I said, whatever shortfall will, will, will be, it will be covered by resident. So it is not only businesses issue, it is all the resident issue. We need to push the city to lower the taxes. And how we do that? This is them. There are many ways we need to do that. Number one, organizational review. Number two, outsourcing. Democracy have shown that when jobs are outsourced to the private sector, they are done much more quicker and much less expensive. I give example as of Winnipeg. Winnipeg, they have what they did. They always did open bit uh, for snow removal, and their snow is removed within timely manner. So city is not choosing. It is open bit for every. Everybody who will put lower bid, they will win the contract and their roads are safe. Second thing is uh, elimination, uh, tender and public bids. Municipal Tax Protection Act, this requires change to Municipal Act or an agreement on council. The act will cover a aspect of governing at city hall and are as follows. Tax must be approved. Expenditure must be approved. Elimination, sole source contracting. Consolidate the pension. 
public private task force outsourcing and other means to reduce expenditure and Thank city you hall and so public much, guys sorry just making sure that everyone stays on time here Thank you. And, and next we will go to Sonia. Sonia, minute, 30 seconds. And yet again, please introduce yourself for those who are listening and watching as well. Great. Thanks, Chris. I'm Sonia Sharp. Um, so regarding the, spend, the spending budget and property taxes, I think realistically what we need to do um, as a council go right into November when we look at the 2022 budget is really look at the books, evaluate and see where we're at. Um, first thing is on my platform, I talk about not cutting uh, frontline services. These are core services that ensure high quality of life for all Calgarians. Now, having the unique experience I have of being a 20-year veteran city employee, um, there are programs that are being designed, uh, like the SAVE program, Solutions for Achieving Value and Excellence, um, that is supposed to enhance the city's financial sustainability and resilience. Now, some of these solutions have been implemented and a lot are in flight. Um, as your counselor, I would be addressing any shortfalls and asking questions about the future of this program. Um, having that knowledge of the inside and leader in city administration, I know that there are uh, firsthand areas of high performing areas that benefit citizens and also areas of low value and costing taxpayers money and um, within a sufficient return. One thing, as I've said before, is, you know, don't cut your way to prosperity. Um, and as a city council and city administration, when you come up with a project or priority um, and you want to run something, a program, the next thing that comes out of your mouth should be what's the return on investment for our citizens, our taxpayers, our communities and our businesses. If you can't answer economically or socially, then we, we probably shouldn't be doing it. So um, that's my answer for you today. Thank you so much. Next will be Larry. Larry, a minute and 30 seconds to yourself whenever you are ready. Hi, I'm Larry Tweedow. First of all, we need to use our reserves initially to kickstart necessary services. Once the economy has recovered, we can replenish the reserves. Also, the provincial government must be pressed to restore our municipalities fair share of provincial taxes. Calgarians want a fair return for the taxes they pay. And this means no contracting out to private companies who want, only want to get a fair share of profits. Uh, they, uh, there must be, they want profit over people. We want to restore. This means uh, increases for middle, no increases for middle and low income tax, low income earners, and no special fees for public services. Taxes must be fairly assessed. So no new taxes for, for the middle and low, low income earners. Um, thank you. Thank you, Larry. Next will be Steve. Steve, remember, just introduce yourself and then a minute and 30 seconds to answer the question. Okay, yeah, thanks, Chris. Uh, once again, Steve Webb, uh, third generation Calgarian, and I live in Scenic Acres. Um, in speaking to the budget, um, over the past 20 years, we've seen a trend in increased taxes that dramatically outpace inflation and the consumer price index. 
with no measurable increases to city services other than an expanding bureaucracy and a plethora of, of pet projects. We don't have a tax problem, we have a spending problem. Uh, between administration and planning, we've seen 20 years of out-of-control spending, which we are now seeing the results from on our tax bills. <clears throat> Currently, the City of Calgary actually doesn't have an annual budget. This highlights how an institutional bureaucracy focuses on process rather than outcomes. As we know, a failure to plan is a plan to fail. At the doors, I've been hearing that city services and city-owned businesses are coming into question. We need council representation back on the NMAX board. We need to be able to review the cost-benefit analysis for all city hall services and businesses to ensure we're providing transparency and value <clears throat> for Calgarians. We need to be pragmatic in our approach to reviewing city budgets by measuring cost inputs and measurable outcomes. Again, focusing on outcomes rather than process. When we get a handle on the spending problem, we can start adding value back to Calgarians tax dollars. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. You guys are really keeping to this whole minute and 30 second thing. Uh, we might be going into some round robin questions here afterwards if we get time. Next, we will start. Uh, next, we will be with Tom. See it again, Tom. Introduce yourself and then minute and 30 seconds. Thank you, Chris. I'm Tom Antonick. Um, so I believe the question was um, about inflation and the cost of property taxes going up uh, dramatically. Your, our property taxes are tied to uh, our property and the values of our property. Uh, just because the property goes up does not necessarily mean that the city really should have to increase your taxes based on, they can adjust the mill rate. They only, we're, we're really only gonna take the funds that we need to you know, maintain the city. Obviously year over year, there's always a general cost of inflation. and. Hopefully we can keep it down to uh, the minimal of under 2%, which is a good healthy inflation rate. Um, last year, I, I took a look at the budgets online that the city posts. I think they post the last 10 years. And I believe they're, they're proud of the fact that 77% of Calgarian residential properties had equal either no increase in taxes or a decrease in taxes. You know, there's an opportunity there to uh, continue that trend and find savings. We don't need to cut services. We just need to figure out how to, you know, spend our money wiser and allocate it to continue a strong, vibrant city. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Tom. And last for this topic will be Chris. Chris, whenever you're ready. Hi, I'm Chris Blatch. Once again, I live in Ward 1. And uh, I grew up in Calgary. Uh, okay, <clears throat> so uh, we're talking about hard times. And right now, yes, uh, there's so many hard times in Calgary. And, and every choice by City Hall is amplified in our homes. And uh, we've had a council that really hasn't been showing any sort of fiscal restraint. Uh, they've been more invested in whatever pet projects are for this week or that. And they haven't listened to what communities are saying. So even when we have good ideas or fine ideas, they're being implemented poorly because there's no consultation and it ends up being a waste of money. Things are being redone. Things are being done uh, wrong. And we don't necessarily need to spend more. We just need to spend more wisely. So this mismanagement and this refusal of council, uh, they have a refusal to look at themselves. Uh, they incentivize waste at City Hall. Uh, we all know about, you know, uh, uh, a snowplow going down the street when there's barely any snow. And it's because we have a backward system where if you don't spend it, you'll lose it the next year. So 
that's what's incentivizing all this waste in City Hall. So the city has turned to Band-Aid solutions and to keep hiking taxes and offsetting them by dipping into their rainy day reserve fund. From 2017 to 2020, they took over 200 million. Then she admits there's more, le- uh, no more left. So we have two choices, tax reform, so there's a fiscal imbalance. 63% of our taxes are, go to the city and 37% go to the uh, Alberta. So that's $2 billion that's uh, leaving our city. The other is fiscal restraint and not just austerity because Keynesian economics shows us that that does not work and it deepens downturns. So we have to find that balance between fiscal policy that's sustainable and sensible saving. Thank you so much, Chris. Greatly appreciate it. And... Next, we will be turning to topic three, and we will be starting with Gaz on this question. This is about road safety. Ward one is the official, like, most questions asked about certain intersections in Ward one. So I had a trouble trying to come up with the best solution for this. So talk about road safety, but I'm going to pose this question from Becky to the candidates. So Gaz, this question is from Becky. The intersection at Country Hills and 112th Avenue continues to be a concern for residents. Large trucks try to make the turn quickly and overshoot their lanes. Gravel is constantly on the roadways and pedestrians are often afraid to use the crosswalks there for fear of being injured. What are your plans for improving the roads and safety of our communities? A minute and 30 seconds, Gaz, whenever you're ready. Thank you, Becky. I want to assure you, yes, your frustration related to road safety is heard. It's loud and clear. I am still listening and I will continue to do until the election and after. In the meantime, what I suggest the best solution will be work with developers, work with developers to build bridges and exist. At the same time, or even before a community developers, not after the fact, these things must be built correctly. So I believe there should be some proper way. There should be some kind of bridge for pedestrian to cross it because it is crow child, it is really busy road. It is kind of of highway and there is every single day heavy traffic going on. I also support Green Line LRT and City Transit. Many of you are little frustrated that you see large buses at later hours or on Sunday. I like you feels that we need to move towards smaller buses at this time. And yes, we need to work on road safety. Thank you so much. Next will be Sonia. Sonia, a minute and 30 seconds whenever you're ready. Great. Um, So road safety in Ward 1 is something I've heard almost in every community. And we did did talk about this intersection quite a bit in Rocky Ridge and Royal Oak. Um, So the one thing I can uh, guarantee is I do plan on working closely with the roads department to learn not just about this intersection and finding effective and innovative safety measures um, that we can implement, but also is I plan on challenging the roads department to provide with those is a more cost effective and practical functional solution. Um, Safety is ever evolving, Uh, maintenance and upkeep of strategies also is the amount of traffic in those areas. I've heard about the big pickup trucks, I've heard about teenagers being afraid to go to the Starbucks during lunch. These things can't happen. Um, Also in each community, we have an assigned uh, community resource officer through Calgary Police Services. This is something that really needs to have the two-way dialogue um, with the counselor, with myself, with the other counselors um, that are involved in any of those areas and figure out with the community association, the schools, which streets and connections 
we need to um, implement more safety measures with and um, more attention to. Um, the one other thing that I would say is I would also uh, ask the constituents of Ward 1 in these areas to provide myself, the councillors, offices, the feedback on the safety measures that they're seeing at these intersections and making sure they're working. Thank you. Thank you, Sonia. Next, we'll go to Larry. Larry, a minute and 30 seconds whenever you're ready. Hi. Road safety is a prime concern to me. We need to enforce speed limits on our roads, especially in school zones and residential areas. We need to look after a high pedestrian traffic areas. Uh, design is important here. Uh, we got to review our design of, of certain intersections that uh, people have shown or complained about the safety of. Uh, road construction must be coordinated so that there is not too much congestion. For example, Bonus Road and 16th Avenue being, being worked at the same time. We need to design roads to avoid narrow lanes, difficult for larger vehicles like buses and makes snow clearance easier. Major snow events are causing us a big problem and we should be prepared to, to react with our snow clearance. And I, I want to uh, continue feedback with my residents, my work constituents and make sure any problems are addressed. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Next, we'll go to Steve. Steve, a minute and 30 seconds to yourself whenever you're ready. Okay, thank you for the question. Uh, Becky, I've been campaigning for over a year and one of the biggest issues I'm hearing at the doors is in fact road safety. Uh, as recently today, when I was door knocking in Crestmont, the issue of road safety came up. There are a few key issues I've unpacked with the residents at the door, which is speeding and intersection safety, bike lanes and snow clearing. Uh, now speeding and intersections uh, safety, I, I think Calgary should focus on dangerous intersections and high collision areas rather than blanket policies for speed and safety considerations. I've heard of the doors that feeder roads are where the biggest issues are. Scenic Acres Drive, Silver Springs Boulevard and Varsity Drive where a young girl was killed a couple of years ago are examples where we need to focus our efforts. We need creative solutions to calm traffic, but don't choke off main roads, like the situation in Bowness and Montgomery. I've spoken with first responders who are even concerned about their ability to get through the new bottleneck of Bowness. It could hamper fire trucks and ambulances ability to get where they need to go. <clears throat> Bike lanes. Well, my family and I do a lot of dog walking and bike riding in uh, scenic acres. Uh, the community of Ward 1 have well-planned, highly connected pathway systems that already provide access to residents to walk or cycle through our community safely. There's a safety issue present at the Silver Springs Boulevard uh, bike lane. I've personally witnessed a cyclist nearly hit at Silverthorne Road. In addition to this, the Silver Spring bike lane is seldom used and will require twice annual setup and takedown. So is this a responsible use of taxpayers' money? And snow clearing has come up a lot. I'm not going to have time to talk about it, but uh, give me a call or check out my website and uh, you'll find answers there. Thanks. Uh, for those who are wondering if we do have time, one of those rapid fire questions was going to be on snow clearing. So if you want, we can talk about that if we get time. Next, we will go to Tom. Tom, a minute and 30 seconds on road safety whenever you're ready. 
I'll make it quick then so we can get to the snow removal at the end. Um, the question was on Country Hills and 112th Avenue. Um, I, I think I speak with everyone that's on this Zoom call. That is a horrible intersection um, caused by a lot of large trucks. And I personally don't know what to do about it. Um, I think I would sit down and uh, work down with uh, transportation departments and see if we can come up with a solution, maybe try to reroute some of the large heavy vehicles away from that intersection and try to slow down the uh, the process and maybe the longer turning lights so people aren't trying to rush them. I know there's a red light camera there, but as obviously uh, it is, people don't really seem to care about that that much. I, I, for overall road safety, this is where we need to get down and, and get to the community and have an open dialogue with people. Things are easily fixable as long as we know about them. You know, the people who run the city don't want to see people get injured. They want to see people's safety be put in jeopardy in any way. They want to find solutions. And the best way of finding solutions is open communication, contacting your counselor. If that's me or if it's someone else, that's what we need to do. We need to have that conversation so we can make the fixes and we can make it a safer, a better place for us. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we will go to Chris. Chris, a minute and 30 seconds whenever you're ready. Could you repeat the question? Was that? No worries. Uh, okay, the question is from Becky. The intersection at Country Hills and 112th Avenue continues to be a concern for residents. Large trucks try to make the turn quickly and overshoot their lanes. Gravel is constantly on the roadways and pedestrians are often too afraid to use the crosswalks there for fear of being injured. What are your current plans for improving the roads and safety of our community? Minute and 30 seconds whenever you're ready. Yeah, so uh, I definitely know the area. I've lost a, a windshield to the rocks there. I, I mean, I door knocked in all these areas and that area has been a problem uh, for more than just this election. Um, why gravel trucks have continually been allowed to drive on that with the large trucks, uh, the way they turn um is uh it's ridiculous how long it's been uh, there's no reason these uh trucks can't be going another route to get through there that we shouldn't have a uh you know an industrial area overlapping in that particular area but uh, there's tons of places and we know where they are we uh we've walked the street we know how dangerous and scary it can be in in crestmont in uh scenic acres in some areas on in varsity with the way people are driving and we, there, it has been done well before. There have been uh, traffic calming measures that worked uh, in Tuscany by the Catholic school uh, that seemed to work very well. Now, near the other schools there, there hasn't been very much done at all. And what we need to do is we need to talk to the people in those communities, the people that live on those roads. They know them better than anyone. We have to be proactive about it. And we have to make sure that they're at the part at the beginning of the process instead of at the end of processes where we turn to the community and say, we want your input. We already made all the decisions. And that's not how we're going to be getting answers because the people that live in those areas know best what works for their neighborhood and what is not working for their neighborhood. Thanks. Sir. Thank you so much. And the last person to speak on the issue of road safety is Jacob. Jacob, a minute and 30 seconds whenever you are ready. So this wasn't one's interesting because based on door knocking and some social media outreach I did, I kind of had a feeling 
that we'd be talking about this particular intersection tonight. And what I actually learned doing some research is quite a bit has actually been done here in engaging with the owners of the gravel pits, um, talking to the drivers, community associations. Enforcement's difficult because if we make it a bylaw issue, then it is up to our enforcement agencies to actually catch violators. An interesting proposal might be to put some sort of a toll at this intersection or introduce a weight limit. But talking about general road safety for a sec, we've, we've heard a lot about how scary and treacherous it can be to be on the roads in Calgary. We can fix that by improving the way we do snow removal and resynchronizing our traffic signals to optimize our traffic flow so that we don't have to fear for our lives behind the wheel or as a pedestrian. Thank you everyone for that. We will be getting to that snow question because you guys are all doing amazing. Next question, as you can imagine, uh, well, actually, you can't imagine because I told you what the list of topics were, but the topic is volunteerism in the community. This seemed to spark a good discussion among the people who are submitting questions. So we've taken two submissions and put them into one question. So the question is, what projects have you worked slash volunteered on in your communities up until now? And if elected, how will you galvanize more members of our community to increase our volunteerism rates in Ward 1? We will start with Sonia on this. A minute to yourself whenever you are ready. All right, thanks for the question. So just to start off, um, Calgary is known for its volunteering. Uh, I think we have one of the highest rates of volunteerism in the country, if not the highest, and very thankful for all the volunteers throughout our Ward 1 communities to commit to their value and time. Um, up to this point, uh, a lot of volunteering time for me was uh, with all the community associations uh, that plan sports. Um, so two boys in hockey. So I am volunteering a ton of my time with that. Um, up to this point, I managed uh, both hockey teams um, until this year, which I couldn't do while I was going to run for council. Um, but I think what we need to make sure when we are doing our volunteering is community needs people. And we, um, as a community, all need to get together so that all the initiatives, initiatives that we have and any that are absent um, we can grow together and passion is really what's behind volunteering. Um, so I think that's really important. And as a counselor, part of my job is to help volunteers and associations succeed. So whatever resources they need, um, anything they need to do for to step up their jobs in the volunteer program and the successes of their efforts would be a counselor's job to help coordinate that. Um, and that's really important for um, community in general, but it also part of the community and business ecosystem and providing community for families. So that's my answer to that question. Thank you. Thank you, Larry, minute and 30 seconds to yourself whenever you're ready. Calgary is a city of volunteers. It has a history of, of exceptional volunteerism and we must ensure that this continues. Community participation is one of our strengths. 
Myself, I've been involved in the BAP Trail Community Association by helping in the launching and the continuing care of our, our community garden. I've also been involved in the planning of our, of our garden. I wanted to promote our cultural festivals, of which I've been involved in, and the Gay Pride Parade, and also the March for Missing Indigenous Women. I want to re reignite community spirit, especially after the pandemic. Let's remove barriers to ensure everyone can safely and effectively participate in our celebrations of, of diversity. People are our biggest asset in a caring society. Let's also faci facilitate a more formal welcoming process to new residents and immigrants. Coordinate with community associations to carry this out. Thank you. Thank you. Steve, a minute and 30 seconds to yourself whenever you're ready. Okay, thanks again for the question. Uh, you know, volunteerism is the me mechanism by which we can ensure community engagement in Ward 1 and throughout Calgary. Uh, I plan on creating volunteer-based advisory committees made up of community advocates, small business owners, and anyone engaged in the community to provide me with input so I can amplify the voices of Ward 1. I am president and co-chair of my son's school council. I volunteer in the city's food bank drive and scenic acres, and I was recognized on the global national news for a volunteer initiative my family and I spearheaded to get seniors and high-risk individuals free delivery of groceries and shopping needs when the lockdown hit nearly a year and a half ago. One of our campaign managers created a volunteer initiative where he taught teenage pregnant mothers in high school in Calgary, combined with a program that had a child care att attachment to it. If the city encourages these initiatives and collaborates with volunteer organizations by doing things like providing free transit passes to residents using these brilliant initiatives, we can give those in need the best possible chance to thrive. As Hubert Humphrey once said, the impersonal hand of government can never replace the helping hand of a neighbor. So let's build on that concept through city and volunteer collaborative programs, rather than the bureaucracy and city hall running these programs, adding costs and impersonal processes to the mix. Let's look at the success and presence of the United Way in Calgary, for example, of how to work with volunteer-based organizations going forward. Thank you. You guys really want to talk about snow, don't you? Tom, minute and 30 seconds whenever you're ready. Chris, can I get to repeat the question? You actually cut out halfway through oh, on my end. Oh, I do apologize for that. So the question, uh, we had a few questions about volunteerism, so it's two questions in one. What projects have you worked slash volunteered on in your communities up until now? And if elected, how can you galvanize more members of our community to help increase our volunteerism rates in Ward 1? Whenever you're ready. That's, that's a very, very good question. Um, majority of all my volunteer work and anyone who's been um, in in the sports with kids i have two older kids um i coach both my daughter's ringette team and my son's hockey team uh for geez close to 15 years um which takes up a lot of your time but coaching is not just about standing on a bench and and talking to kids it's about communicating with the parents um hockey arena attendance um and scheduling different events to make sure the kids 
um, have learning experience and grow to be strong young adults. How does that reflect back into how I'm going to engage the community? That's a good question. Um, the community is very important, very strong. I feel that if we just spend some time listening to the people and the organizations that we already have and encourage them and give them support by attending the already existing community associations uh, meetings, that we can really create a stronger atmosphere. And if we show that we're listening, more people are going to want to join the conversation and help. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Next, we go to Chris. Chris, minute and 30 seconds, whenever you're ready. All right. So I have I volunteered extensively in uh, Ward 1 and throughout Calgary. I've been involved with volunteering for the Calgary Highland Games. Um, uh, I've started wrestling programs at different schools throughout Calgary and uh, chess teams I've coached. Uh, I've been involved with my community association and uh, for things like movie in the park, um, the community Christmas party, uh, fundraising with them. Uh, in from the cold, I've worked with um, I've worked with uh, it's a crime not to read, which is a program between the Calgary Public Library and uh, Calgary Police Service to get kids interacting with police. Uh, Caria I did a little bit with uh, they need a face painter. You know, I'm, I'm always available for people if they call on me. Um, I was involved in the Soldiers Memorial Committee um, to help get that put onto Memorial Drive. Um, and in uh, 2015 as well, I was involved. Uh, I worked with uh, Councillor Sean Chu and uh, Councillors Billy Urquhart, and we uh, were able to get um, uh, 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 seniors and uh, people that work, uh, the veterans that couldn't afford a bus uh, to get on the bus for Remembrance Day, uh, free bus uh, fare. Um, also, Remembrance Day ceremonies. So, what we really need to do is we need to make sure that people have a connection to the community. Propellus has a really good. Uh, uh, study on this and says that uh, if you don't feel connected to your community, you don't volunteer. And we need to make sure that people, especially right now with uh, lockdowns that have happened, that people are being uh, engaged in their community. We have to make sure that what they're doing is meaningful. We have to make sure that people know about things like uh, Ripple's grant is great in uh, bonus. And, all right. It's like Thank Academy you, Awards. <laughs> it is. I'll start playing the music next time. Jacob, a minute and 30 seconds to yourself whenever you're ready. So, I think we can all agree, all of us here in this debate, that none of us would be where we are without the volunteerism of our communities, because these campaigns don't happen without volunteers. But I'll save the rest of that anecdote for whatever speech I make on election night. I have uh, served on multiple city boards. A lot of these things actually already exist. I served on the advisory committee for accessibility with the city. I've served on the Calgary Transit Access Eligibility Eligibility Review Board. I've been a major part of the Calgary Ability Network. If you're sensing a theme, I am a Calgarian with a disability. So I have sort of a unique perspective when it comes to volunteerism. And I think it gives me a unique knowledge of the pulpit that we have as potential city councillors to amplify initiatives that people might not already know about and get them engaged to be part of the community and make Calgary an even better, brighter place to live. 
Thank you, Jacob. Last on this topic will be Gaz. Gaz, a minute and 30 seconds to yourself whenever you are ready. Yes. I volunteer in the community since last 10 years as an individual and as a corporate base. I believe volunteerism and uh, humanity goes hand in hand. I will share some volunteer experience with you as an individual. I volunteer in swimming, golfing, bowling. And as a corporate base, we are volunteering with Bow Valley College since last 10 years by accommodating their students, by teaching them how to provide best practice. We are come, uh, we volunteer with uh, UFC. We are still volunteering with University of Calgary, uh, CDI College from admission uh, from Edmonton. As I mentioned, we did volunteer not only on Calgary level, also on provincial level and outside of the province too. As I volunteer with British Columbia College, we uh, I myself as a as an individual as or as a corporate level, I volunteer with First Nation Grace Baptist Church. Rocky Ridge Community Association, British Columbia, and Huntington Child Development Center, also YWCA in downtown. What I am going to do if I am elected, I will change the bylaw and I will pass a bylaw with the help of all, all of you. There should be some daycares in senior buildings so our seniors will feel, oh, they are, they are important uh, part of the community. And there are many children who have single parents parent in life. So there will be families while well, seniors are coming in the centers to volunteer and children Thank are getting you, Gaz. Yeah. Very 30 seconds. Now we will turning to our fifth topic and that is homelessness and houselessness. This question we will start off with Larry. Larry, this question is from Robert. And please, if you want me to repeat this question, because it is a long question, please tell me before you start so I can repeat the question. Larry, this question is from Robert. With more unhoused people moving out of the downtown core to surrounding suburbs, would you consider investment in services for unhoused individuals and addiction services in suburban communities to be an asset for our communities. Larry, a minute and 30 seconds, whenever you are ready. Thank you. Homelessness, it's a, it's a big problem right now, probably almost second to the pandemic. The homeless needs shelters where they can hang out day and night, when, especially when there is cold weather. This would help keep them away from our public transit, from our bus shelters and our malls. They need to stay warm. Safe injection sites must be established in the suburbs or in the center of the city. This is important. It's, it's the best thing we can do for them in a, in a tough situation. We need to assist families and individuals on the cusp of homelessness and are struggling to get by. Prevention of homelessness is imperative as pandemic assistance programs end. Affordable housing is very important right now for the working poor. We must uh, enhance these systems, get affordable housing going, and we gotta avoid having more homeless people on our streets. Thank you. 
Thank you, Larry. Steve, whenever you're ready, a minute and 30 seconds to yourself. Okay, um, with regards to homelessness, we need collaboration with all stakeholders to combat this increasingly prominent issue. Uh, I've had members from the Indigenous, Indigenous community reach out to me, and this is an issue they have highlighted as well as a priority. Let's be clear that this is not simply a fiscal issue. This is an issue of social fabric, family dynamics, education procedures, and availability of services, programs, and facilities. It requires a collaborative discussion amongst all three levels of government. The city, at no cost to taxpayers, can still provide help with free and affordable transit and integrated plans that work with volunteers, nonprofits, and the community to create a measurable plan to combat homelessness, poverty, and addiction. The plan must be a wholesale plan that addresses these interconnected issues. Council must engage with other municipalities who have achieved success in this area to learn and craft a plan for Calgary that fits best to help those who have fallen on difficult times here in Calgary. Thanks, Chris. Okay. Uh, next, we will go to Tom. Tom, a minute and 30 seconds whenever you're ready. Thank you, Chris. We first we have to take a, a step back and remember not all homeless people are. Um, it's a very tough, uh, dear uh, issue to to me in some ways. Not all uh, homeless people are homeless because of a drug addiction. Um, some people just land on very bad times and the depression gets them down and they can't find ways of getting themselves back up. We, uh, we need to create centers to help these people get back on their feet and not abandon them when we think they got back on their feet, but continue to help them and regrow them back to the positive self they were once. On that note, not everyone who is uh, homeless wants to be helped, but we do need to give them the resources to protect themselves. We need the drop-in centers. We need the injection sites. We need them controlled um, to control it. Um, if we don't, con and controlling is probably the wrong word, but we need to give them the resource for them to, you know, stay safe. And, you know, it's our responsibility as just general humans to make sure that our fellow humans aren't, aren't really being left out in the cold. So to answer the question, yeah, I believe that we should help them by giving them the resources within our communities. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Tom. Minute and 30 seconds to yourself, Chris, whenever you're ready. Could you uh, reread the question? Sorry. Certainly. This question is from Robert. With more unhoused people moving out of the downtown core to surrounding suburbs, would you consider investments in services for unhoused individuals and addiction services in suburban communities to be an asset for the city? Whenever you're ready. So uh, first I want to say that there's a really good state out there that did uh, study for five years in Calgary on the homeless population. 86% of people using uh, drop-in center were only there for 15 days or less and over a period of five years, uh, once or twice. So really it's about 1.6% of that population that are chronic homeless people and the rest are just people in crisis. Everyone's in crisis, but uh, by the definition. So those people that are the 1.6%, those are the people uh, that about 900 people 
And if we could help those uh, 900 people, we can free up about a third of the bed space in the drop-in center. Um, now, there are programs um, in one of our communities, in Bonas, uh, a place was put in. Unfortunately, there was very little consultation um, with people, and there wasn't really the services to help those people as well. We need to make sure that uh, we're working as a team, as a community, and these people are being integrated into the community as well. I mean, there's some very great programs in the city. Uh, guys in Simon House are a great asset to the community, and they go out and are volunteering. We need to make sure that those programs are in place, and addiction centers need to be better regulated. The one downtown is a, I would say a failure with um, the way that it's affecting businesses downtown. And if that's affecting um, outside of the downtown core as well, that's a concern for me. So we need to make sure that when we're implementing things, we're talking to the community and that they're on board as well. Thank you, Chris. Next, Jacob, a minute and 30 seconds on this issue whenever you're ready. When it comes to homelessness and these people now starting to move outside of the downtown core where you traditionally think of homeless people, that does mean we're going to need to be providing services in suburban communities. But as Chris Blatch just said, uh, we need to be highly communicative, communicative and collaborative with community members and community groups to make sure we're properly funding, supervising, and um, placing these services. Additionally, a lot of these people could be helped and many non-homeless people by improvements in mental health outcomes. And that's why I'd like to advocate for an online mental health portal where you can search for services based on cost, program availability, and the issue you're having, as well as a pilot program with the province to remove cost as a barrier to access these services so we can improve mental health in Calgary coming out of COVID. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob. Gaz, minute and 30 seconds to yourself whenever you are ready. Yes, homelessness is really big issue. It is socially and emotionally issue in the community, in our communities. We need to take the issue where this problem is coming from. What we expect when drug is getting legalized in our community, when there are cannabis shops, they are legalized. So we see homeless issue closer to these shops in the plaza, in the shopping mall, in the strip mall. And other problem regarding homelessness is government red tape is there are many churches, there are many uh, charity programs who work to create shelters for homeless peoples. I can put example as a Royal Oak Victory Church. They have created one, they have bought a um, hotel in the forest lawn community and raw, uh, government red tapism was biggest barrier for them. It took longer time, longer energy, longer resources and double money instead of government supporting them. There was too much restriction from them. Anyway, they have created a shelter for women and 
and children and other thing what uh, many charitable organizations are doing they are not asking for money they just need government support we need to work with them to create shelters for men for women for children in this way we will bring our homeless people in a house so it is kind of big mental issue we need to create also job we need to lower our taxes then people will feel healthy when they have food on their table they get frustrated when they see they cannot accommodate children thank needs thank you guys and last on this topic will be sonia sonia a minute and 30 seconds whenever you're ready Thanks, Chris. Um, so just in general, I'd say that um, our city is actually unfortunately behind in providing all, um, any adequate affordable housing for um, those in need. The one thing that we really need to do is really work with our provincial and federal governments to look for funding. Um, that's always a priority first and foremost. Um, the, and operating dollars is also really important at the planning stage. Now, when it, we talk about COVID and homelessness that occurred and people moving from downtown to the suburbs, um, people are looking for shelter. These people also deserve to be part of the community and the community needs to um, work with the city to make sure that the buildings being built for uh, folks that need the adequate short-term or long-term care in these places are working together. Um, Councillors cannot do this alone. Uh, the city planning cannot do it alone. This is a very much a community, um, I would say a community network building opportunity in the sense of bringing those relationships together. Um, and one thing, if you look at, you know, a poverty report across the board of Ward 1, um, it is very apparent during the economic downturn of what's happened with COVID-19. And um, I'll make sure that I will continue to advocate for um, those that need home and affordable housing at my level as a counselor and build those relationships with the province and look for the possible funding to build more um, shelters in the adequate locations for all those in need. Thank you. Thank you, Sonia. Um, topic six. I, I'm going to switch it up a little bit here, and I do apologize for springing this upon you. This question uh, was sent in anonymously. I reached out to them, and we had a discussion, and they're okay with me talking about his name on the record. So I'm going to give everyone two minutes to answer this question about retention and attraction of residents. This question is from Jamal. Calgary was once a place of opportunity. And now it's becoming harder to live here. Looking out for the best interest of my family, I have started the process of potentially moving out of this city. How would you help retain residents, families like mine, but also attract new residents? And this is Jamal again. He's looking for hope and he's hoping that candidates will be honest about how he, you as the next city councilor for Ward 1 can help families like his. Steve, this question is for you to start off. I will give everyone two minutes on this question because I think we need to help Jamal out here. So Steve, two minutes to yourself whenever you're ready. Uh, well, Jamal, first of all, thank you for the question. And I'm sorry that you guys are in a place where you have to consider moving away from Calgary. Um, if elected, I would love to change your mind with some of the policies and platforms that we're gonna put out 
to make sure that we can sustain and attract people and businesses in Calgary. Because, um, you know, it costs substantially more to attract new people and businesses than it does to nurture local. And having said this, I think we need to first focus on keeping our local business and residents in Calgary. And then secondly, focusing on attracting new residents and businesses. Uh, so how do we keep locals? Well, first, we need to ensure we're giving them confidence in their government. Uh, a city that has unpredictable tax environment will never encourage new business to set up shop in Calgary. Uh, this means having an accountable government so people feel secure and that they are confident that they know what to expect from their leaders. Calgary needs to be green and vibrant. We need to nurture our fine arts, but the current program needs an overhaul. I'd like to, to make that uh, uh, illusion. Uh, and now art is a key part of a vibrant city um, that can express its culture and contributes to the mental well-being of our residents. So we need to keep a focus on art. Calgary places last on the top 10 green cities in Calgary, or sorry, in Canada. So we have to maintain and protect our parks, green spaces, and our canopy. We also need to collaborate with the province, uh, you know, to look at the long-term protection of our water and the Bow River Corridor for generations to come. Uh, flooding and water availability are both issues facing Ward 1 and Calgary and need to be addressed. Um, I've spoken to many businesses also that work outside of Calgary and internationally and common message in Calgary is it's one of the most difficult cities in the world to do business. So to attract new businesses, we have to streamline the processes at City Hall, which means less bureaucracy and more collaboration with business. When we keep businesses, we keep people and we keep jobs and we can keep the city vibrant green. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Tom, two minutes to yourself on this issue whenever you're ready. Well, I, I, I can hear. I, I hope you, um, I apologize. I, uh, sad to hear that you're contemplating leaving the city. Um, I'm under, I'm, I can only guess at reasons why. And the same reasons that a lot of other people are struggling today is, you know, employment isn't the way it was five, seven, ten years ago in this city. We need to work with the Economic Development Committee and attract new businesses. We need to understand that, you know, maybe it's not a bad thing to be the Western hub. Um, maybe we don't need to attract the head offices somewhere, but we can be the Western hub. Uh, for some of these major corporations that can help turn around and start investing back in hiring the people and recreating downtown. Um, the most important thing about attracting new people is retention of the existing people. And by retaining them and making their area great, um, you know, a happy resident is really the ideal idea the ideal for any corporation because if you have a happy communities you're going to get a happier employee and with a happy employee you're more likely to retain them longer and they're going to give you better efficiencies so you know it may not help you right now jamal but the real scenario is we need to work on making sure that we retain and keep you guys here by making this such a great city to live in and at the same time hopefully attracting the new employers to come into our downtown to, you know, gobble up some of that vacant space. You know, there's a lot of large financial firms, insurance companies, um, all that have head offices in Odessa, you know, could very easily have their second office here in Calgary. 
thank you and uh, wish your family best of luck. Thank you, Tom. <clears throat> Chris, two minutes on Jamal's question whenever you're ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing that a lot of a lot of people saying, why should I stay in Calgary? And there's many different people looking at leaving for different reasons. Um, young people are just not finding the opportunity that they found before. Um, we're, we have a real struggle right now with, as I said before, uh, tapping into that lost opportunity uh, that we have because we have so much potential in this city for people that want to create businesses and they're just not sure where to go. Young people can't buy homes right now so you can't buy a home you can't get a loan to start a business and that's a struggle for them older people are saying i can't downsize into anything else um i would like to downsize my house but where do i go um so they move out of the city we have people saying well i can work from anywhere in the world right now with covid we talked about before with uh 60 of people are saying that have worked from home are saying they would like to work from home to one degree or another and so these people are saying, why don't I move to Airdrie? Why don't I move to Cochrane? Why don't I move to Kelowna, Hawaii? And we have to really make sure that we're a city that is both a place that you can afford to live and you can, uh, there's a certain level of services that you can get here and that we're funding those core services without taking away from what this city needs. But at the same time, we have to make sure that we're attracting business to the area. We have to make sure the environment is right for business and for businesses to flourish in the city that are being created. So we gotta, we have to make sure that this is a city that works for people that are trying to get around. We have a transit that's very backwards. Um, we've just thrown bad ideas on bad ideas. And it's really hard to get from to anywhere other than the downtown core. That's really hurting uh, lots of people that are struggling. We have, if you don't own a car in this city, it's difficult. We have people that uh, are worried about parks. The city is starting to sell off parks so you can put in more developments. That doesn't make for a livable environment. And we have to make it a unique city with a culture and what makes us different from other cities in the world. Thank you, Chris. <clears throat> Jacob, two minutes on Jamal's question whenever you're ready. Jamal, first, let me say, I hear you. I think we all do. It's been a absolutely tough, not only year and a half because of COVID, but for the last few years before that, businesses are leaving the city. There doesn't seem like there's a lot of hope. And it doesn't seem like there's somebody looking out for you. So if you're up for it, after the debate tonight, if you're watching, please contact me at jacob, jacob at jacobforward1.ca. Tell me some more of your story. Let's work together to find you that hope. Now, in general terms, we absolutely need to keep the city green. We need to increase the housing supply without selling off our parks. We need to cut red tape. I've never missed an email from a potential constituent. I'm going to be the voice to give that hope to people, to show you that these practical solutions and the attraction of new businesses is coming. If you give me that chance, 
we can invest in small business, we can get the economy going, and we can make our city thrive through the great Calgary energy that we need to tap into again. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob. Gaz, two minutes on Jamal's question whenever you're ready. Jamal, thank you so much. Your question is most important and I am so thankful. So I will ask this question to City. Where was the City when they say we need to make hard decisions? So all the hard decisions from the City come to the businesses, come to the resident. Why they say this thing? This They are not supporting the businesses. That's why there is no job for the people. Uh, I remember that in 2004, there are many, many people, they are moving from big cities, kind of Toronto's from Vancouver's to Calgary. Our city was growing really fast. Now they are afraid to live here because there is no job. Uh, oil and gas. Now you can see oil and gas prices are soaring. It's up high. But Alberta is not allowed to produce oil. We are forced to buy oil from outside. What is the reason for this thing? When we have our, like, they should approve our pipeline. Another thing is art. Have I believe all of you have seen the beautiful blue ring on Stony Trail. Where were our city councillor when this blue ring was put there? We have local artists. Did we support them? We need to support them. Then people feel sense of belonging. They want to live here. Another thing is education. People in this city, they want to spend money. They want to learn how to create business. But there is not enough education from the city. There is not enough seminar. There are many red tape red tape is going on. I have seen some brochure in the registry, but there is not enough detail. There should be more education going on. I have called Amazon to find out. You have offices worldwide. What is the reason you are not creating offices in Calgary? Their answer is there is no tax break. So this city is going really, really hard on businesses and on our community. Another thing is that um, diversified diversified economy, the last and least, but not least, the most important thing I want to mention in our ward, we have three communities. They are facing flood issue. If I become counselor, I I'm will sorry, notice. Gaz. I'm sorry, I just want to make sure that we get to everyone. Uh, Sonia, two minutes on Jamal's question whenever you're ready. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Jamal, for the question. Not knowing the whole circumstance of why you wanted to leave uh, or want to leave. I'm really sorry to hear this, but um, the one thing we need to do better is provide and deliver excellent core services to ensure that you're living a high quality of life. Um, and for those that are here and for those that want to come here. The other thing that's important is um, we do need to remove barriers for entrepreneurs, small businesses and any marginalized groups. That's really important. We need to revitalize our downtown to increase revenue. Um, we need to invest in modes for transportation. We need to keep incubators in Calgary instead of having them leave. Now, um, through some of my conversations uh, with not just constituents, but others is really looking at cities that look and act a lot like Calgary. Uh, one of the best examples I was given was Austin, Texas. You know, if you look where Austin is bound by beautiful ranching, very similar to Calgary, had a booming um, oil uh, town and they've diversified their economy. What we really need to do is we need to start bringing um, people to the table, um, not just the folks at the city, but the talent in our city. And we need to leverage our partners like Calgary Economic Development, Tourism Calgary um, and Platform Calgary. It is really important 
we lead, we, we lead with this and open up those two-way lines of communication and to understand why people are leaving the city. Is it because of cost of living? Is it because there's no jobs? So we understand the why, then we can start working on the how. Do we keep them here? And how do we bring more people in? Um, you know, looking back at some of the experience I had in my previous roles, um, you know, leading the business sector task force, having the opportunity to be the city manager's um, delegate on the business advisory committee, this was part of our job. It was to remove barriers, to keep people here and to attract. So um, thank you, Jamal, for the question. And um, please, if you can reach out, I'd love to um, continue the conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you. And the last person to speak on this topic is Larry. Larry, two minutes to yourself whenever you're ready. Thank you, Jamal, for your question. We need good quality public services, not contracted out to, pub to private firms. This is a necessity to, to attract and retain residents. This will also encourage new business opportunities and help create new jobs. Young people need hope and a good future. And we need to retain their expertise and training potential. We must maintain our green areas and encourage environmental initiatives. Renewable resources could, could be uh, create new jobs and, and attract new businesses. Seniors must have good programs and feel safe. Their contribution to the economy is important. Again, affordable and quality childcare is a necessity. Universities must be affordable to all and their potential has to be utilized to guide us through the, the recovery. We need to create a more sustainable, accessible, and environmentally friendly city. We've got to promote local talent in the arts, and we've got to make our city the most friendly again as it once was. Thank you. Thank you. As that is the six topics that we said we were going to be talking about, we are at the one hour and a half mark, but I did promise a snow removal question. So if all candidates, uh, by a nod of your head, agree that we will go into a quick one minute and 30 seconds on snow removal, because I think uh, as we are heading into winter, and I think I saw the forecast Thursday, they're calling for snow. Uh, let's talk about snow removal. And this time we will start with Tom as the first person on this topic. Uh, I don't have the official question in front of me, but I can uh, just quickly pull it up here. This question is about snow removal. Question comes from, uh, I, I'm going to just skip the name because I don't want to incorrectly pronounce it. But the question is, what are your views on the current snow removal process and how can you make it better for this year's snow removal season. Tom, a minute and 30 seconds to yourself whenever you're ready. I actually, <laughs> this is the number one reason why I actually started thinking about running. Um, last year we had a major snow uh, fall um, at the, one of the major routes in and out of our street had two buses stuck on the street because of the snowfall. 
they couldn't uh, seem to get their act together down in uh, City Hall or the Transit Department to come and move these buses, where we as residents actually drove up on some other residents' lawn to get out and around these buses. It sat there for four days until an actual one of my neighbors took his pickup truck, tied some chains around it, and yanked the bus over so we can get around it. Up until then, not one snowplow came down, not one cleared. Made me start thinking, what happens if my house got on fire? I know this. I know the answer is the because I talked to the fire department. They're just going to run the bus straight through with their truck because they know they're bigger and they're going to move it. But that shouldn't be the answer. We should have clean streets so these EMS fire can get to us when there's an emergency. We need to have clean, accessible streets for people who have mobility issues so they can get around easier. You know, not everyone wants to be limited to what they can do uh, because of the winter months. We need to find within our budget the money. Um, we spend, I believe, about 30 million right now on snow removal, which, or actually, I think it's about 40 million on snow removal. And Edmonton spends about 60. And I'll be really quick here. They don't have the advantage of Chinooks to help melt some of those snow. So we should be able to figure this cut out. Cut you off have a right great day. there, Tom. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. I will give everyone an additional 10 seconds just to make sure that I'm fair with everyone here. Chris? Minute and 40 seconds to yourself whenever you are ready. All right. I'm disappointed we could keep going. There's so many questions I, uh, I want to answer about community-based policing and uh, parks and about roads. And uh, in terms of snow clearance, um, yes, it is a major concern in the city. And it hasn't been done very efficiently. There's been a lot of waste. Um, as I said before, the way that departments are run, if you don't spend it, you lose it. And that's not a way to be running departments. Um, I'd like to see us move to a zero-based budget. It's difficult with uh, the environment because we never know what nature is going to throw at us. Now, in terms of what our city does, we have a very large city in terms of landmass. We're bigger than uh, Edmonton. We're bigger than Toronto in the area that we have to clear. But there are uh, efficient, effective ways to go about it. And contracting out, if that's what we need to do, if it's not, uh, you know, policing or fire, I mean, we have to look at other options. And is there something cheaper? And can the market, you know, do it for us in a cheaper way? And if we can cover more uh, area and do it faster because it's taking too long, uh, people, it's dangerous on our roads. The amount of uh, accidents uh, are out of control on Sundays. I used to have to work on the other side of the city uh, for a few months, and it uh, took me two hours on a snow day to get to work and two hours to get back. That's not at all how we should be running a city. Also in terms of the roads, those need to be addressed because there's other cities that do it much better than us. Winnipeg, they take away the snow. We have people, if you have mobility issues, uh, my own wife, she um, had to walk with a cane for two years and we found just how horrible it is to try to get around to cross the street uh, with those. I'm going to cut you off, Thanks. Chris. I apologize. I just I got 10 more sure. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you had 10 seconds there. Uh, Jacob, right, minute and 40 seconds to yourself on snow removal whenever you're ready. Okay, so I'll actually bounce off what Chris just said because a big part of what I want to do is get rid of those windrows, those big piles of snow on the side that are left after the plows come. 
because it's not just about clearing the middle of the street and allowing vehicles to go. It's about making the sidewalks and streets safe for the elderly and people with mobility issues, which we're not doing right now. So I'd like to see us change how we do snow removal and snow and ice control, as it's termed by the city. I don't think money's necessarily the problem. If uh, contracting it out would work better and allow us to be able to clear windrows and sidewalks, then I think that's what we should do. Because I've heard from so many of you, you are sick of having to dig your own car out of eight feet of snow. Like, and the elderly and people with mobility issues are sick of not being able to get around the city for three weeks after snow event. It's time to change how we do this and make snow removal in a winter city of all things a priority. Thank you, Jacob. Gaz, a minute and 40 seconds to yourself on snow removal. Snow removal, it is a big, big issue for us. City has a budget for each street, for each house. Somebody should ask the question to the city, where this budget is going for. Last year, snow situation was really, really bad. Commute to and from school is really hard for us as we are dealing almost with six schools and it is and there is a timeline. We need to make this time, but it is hard for our bus, for our van to go, to get out of the snow. There are many single moms who do not have transportation. They are rolling stroller on the snow, but their strollers are stuck. There are many people who are like vulnerable, like they have some kind of special need. They cannot, they cannot move their wheelchair. People are suffering. I put a Winnipeg example. In Winnipeg, what's happening, there is open bid system. So there is a bid for snow removal. City is giving these contracts to private sector. Then thing job is done within timely manner on a cheaper rate. And democracy has also shown that when jobs are out, outsourced to the private sector, they are done much more quicker and much less expensive. So what do say? But our city snow remov removal situation is really bad. Our uh, buses, public buses, are stuck. Our children are waiting on the yellow bus stop, waiting for the buses up to 40 minutes. They are children. They are vulnerable. They cannot wait outside that long. As a daycare, we are making many trips to and from daycares to take the children outside. And we know that this is not a transportation fault. The biggest problem is snow removal. So we need to work together. The whole city department, Thank they you, need to Gaz. change from the bottom to councillor level. We Thank need to you, bring change. Gaz. Next, we will go to Sonia, a minute and 40 seconds to yourself whenever you're ready. Thank you. Um, so this is, I like to say, a hot topic when it comes to snow. Um, just kind of a little joke in there, but a lot of conversation at the doors lately about uh, snow removal and it's coming. So we actually don't remove the snow. We clear it. And that's the problem. And this is what needs to change. Um, so we're, I know I'm hearing that loud and clear. I support re-examining the current snow clearing program to see if there's um, better funding um, to be allocated or reallocated in winter 
faster um, and um, more accessible for everybody. So this is not just the for modes of vehicle transportation, but also for um, you know our 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 curbs, our pedestrian crossing, and our tra our transit stops. This is really important. Important. And then the other thing too is you know our our world is changing, our city is changing. Um, when the snow clearing program was invented and created. Yeah, we did rely on Chinooks. Um, I don't know how many Chinooks we get that actually completely melt the snow at this point. So I really think that this whole situation needs to be reevaluated. And um, I can guarantee that I will be having those conversations with our roads department. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, Sonia. Next is Larry. Larry, a minute and 40 seconds on snow removal whenever you're ready. Thank you. Snow removal is really important to me. I actually spent that day in December that it snowed so hard. I spent eight hours in a bus. And so I know perfectly well what, what happens. What we need to do most of all is to be able to mobilize quickly and, and be prepared. So we have a quick response to, to snow removal snow clearance. I think that was uh, much uh, much desired. We could have done that. Uh, the snow prediction was good two days before it happened in December. We need good snow clearance by city workers. They, they do the job well. They just have to be ready when, when it's when it's time to come. Uh, as far as uh, sidewalks and, and curbs, yes, those have to be addressed too and, and mobilized quickly because before they get all iced up and, and become almost impossible to, to take care of. So that's all I got to say, thank you. Thank you, Larry. Uh, last on this topic, and then we'll go into closing statements. We will uh, end with Steve. Steve, minute and 30 seconds on snow removal. It's minute 40, isn't it? No. Minute 40, sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize there. I'm going to hold on, hold on. It, but... Go for it. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Uh, snow clearing and removal. Well, Tom, I think you saw, I think I saw uh, your friend that pulled out the bus. I was actually going to tell the same tale. Um, you know, our equipment for snow clearing is not actually effective for a city that gets as much snow as Calgary. Uh, we need to do a better job. Front end snow plows, uh, instead of undercarriage graders, uh, can allow the city to do what others have done, like Christopher mentioned, in Winnipeg. With large front end plows, we can push the snow to the center of the streets. I can't commit this will happen this year, but we need to start the conversation at City Hall now. Uh, this means the senior citizen from Bowness who just shoveled out his or her parked car does not have to do it a second time after the plow comes through. I've heard a lot of stories of seniors who ended up in an ambulance after excessive snow shoveling, and now we don't know if they'll get to the hospital in time because the city is choked off the street in Bowness and Montgomery. We also need to be sensible about our priorities, what to plow first, uh, which is obviously going to include transit routes and major thoroughfares. Bike lanes, I'm afraid, don't come to the top of my priority list when it comes time uh, to snow clearing in the morning. Um, like I said, Chris, I won't need that extra time, but I had to stick stick it to you anyway. 
Well, thank you. Um, now, we will be heading into closing statements, and they will be two minutes in length. Uh, they will be literally in the reverse order of the last question that we just asked. So we will be starting with Steve for two minutes. But before I do let you start talking, I, I ask this to all candidates. Please, 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 please tell people how they can contact you. What is your website, your email address? I get a lot of questions already for the debates. I don't need more questions about how they can contact you, the candidates. So please tell people how they can contact you. So two minutes to Steve, whenever you're ready. Thank you, Chris. Um, I've built my campaign on three pillars. The first is responsible governance. I want to have representation from the city council back on the NMAX board. I want to see fewer closed door meetings. I want the community involved at the planning stages rather than the approval stages. I want councillors' votes and their reasoning behind their votes available to all Calgarians. I want the ethics commissioner to be voted in by a body other than city council. We need real accountable representation for Ward 1. Responsible spending. As mentioned, I want to propose a three-year freeze at, hall, at City Hall, including councillors' salaries. This is a world-class city. It's time we had an annual budget, too, so that we can implement measures for success of our program spending. My goal is to maintain the city services with no increased taxes. It will take a lot of hard work, but I'm not afraid of hard work. My 20 years of running a small business has taught me never to shy away from a challenge. And then opening an ear to City Hall. I recently spoke at a, the meeting for the Guidebook for Great Communities at City Hall. I listened to 20 hours of opposition on this topic. Uh, despite ex-city planners, community presidents, and numerous community leaders and residents pleading with City Council to scrap the deal, uh, the complaint fell on deaf ears. Uh, I will push for better engagement in the community. There's a disconnect between City Hall and the citizens of Calgary. And the only way we can bring citizens' voices back is to ensure that the Councillor of Ward 1 is fully engaged with the community. I'm that candidate. On a final note, I want to thank my volunteers as we are running a grassroots campaign, which means we are only accepting donations from Calgary residents and all of our labor comes from the volunteers in the community. We have refused money from political action committees or PACs because the only people I want to have an implied debt to are the residents of Ward 1. You can learn more about me at www.webforward1. That's web with two Bs, just like the sign. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and I'd love for you to reach out to me. I return all emails and phone calls in a timely manner, unless I'm out knocking on doors, but I'll get back to you right away. Thank you for your time and vote web on October 18th. Thank you, Steve. Next, we will go to Larry. Larry, two minutes, closing statements whenever you're ready. My name is Larry Tweedell, and I'm high in public services that are quality and not contracted out. I want to see Calgary be the most livable city again, and that includes attracting new businesses, getting better employment, and, and uh, making it a good place not only to live, but also for tourists to visit. I want good quality senior citizens programs, I want to, they've been neglected far too long. Uh, I also want uh, good accessible buildings for people with disabilities. I want our parks to be maintained well. Uh, no redevelopment of park areas is a prior priority. I want good affordable housing 
I want quality childcare that is also affordable. I want our transit system to be one of the best in our country. And that includes getting the green line developed and finished. I want our road systems to be efficient without congestion. People want to get to and from work in a timely manner. All these things are important to me. And of course, the environment. We cannot, we cannot neglect our environmental responsibilities. I'm going to support my constituents. I want to hear from them. I want to have an open door. And you can do that, first of all, by contacting LarryTweedell.com or you can email me at TweedellLarry8 at gmail.com. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Larry. Greatly appreciate it. Next will be Sonia. Sonia, two minutes for closing statements whenever you're ready. Great. Thank you. Um, so the last seven years have been really hard in our city. And even before the pandemic, we were dealing with an economic downturn. Um, through the, the bigger, um, you know, the downturn and along with additional impact to our physical and mental well-being of our city, um, this makes this election more important than ever. Um, with my skills experience, I can hit the ground running as your counselor. Like I said, I have 20 years of city experience, um, resigned in July. And after weeks, right into the, after the election, the new council will need to vote the 2022 budget and property tax rate. I know firsthand what works needs to be done. I know what areas are providing low value and costing taxpayer money with insufficient returns. I also bring an in-depth knowledge of municipal affairs, planning and development, and our business and local economy. When there's issues facing Ward 1, I can speak to these issues at a higher level of understanding and ensure accountability is being maintained. I've lived in Ward 1 for 41 years, so I have a direct um, uh, you know, line of sight into the community, and I have a vested interest in this. Um, my experience working with administration to remove barriers and red tape was not an easy task, and I'm really eager to push status quo as a counselor. Um, what I'm hearing at the discussions on the doors of the steps of our residents is we need smarter spending, we need better uh, traffic and safety on residential streets, we need better two-way communication with um, our constituents, um, lack of counselor presence was happening for the last four years, we need to protect our green spaces and parkland, very important, and my priority is to bring honest and two-way meaningful com communication back to City Hall with my constituents. I will be making decisions based on research, community input, and I will do my best to represent the interest and greater good of Ward 1. I'm running to represent all folks in Ward 1 and believe that city politics should be nonpartisan and special interest groups should not belong in city politics. My family and I are invested in the future of Ward 1 and I'll be honored to represent you. Please contact me at info at Sonia Shaw. I'm going to have to cut you off, Sonia. Sorry about Dismissed that. Dismissed it. <laughs> and next is Gaz. Gaz, two minutes to yourself. Closing statement whenever you're ready. Yes, I am asking your support. I am asking for your vote to work for Ward 1. If I get selected, the first thing I am going to do, I will do consolidate the pension. City Council should not have two pensions. When during pandemic, we were laying off our workers, city employees, they were getting 18% pay hike. 
it should not happen during pandemic time second thing if you live in uh, in uh, these communities please come forward and support me green barrier crestmount valley ridge rocky ridge royal oak sinekagar silver spring tuscany bonus varsity uh, the way you can support me is uh, me one second the way you can support me is take my survey at www.electgas.ca please keep me posted what are other issue we are we are facing as i learn about many issues during door knocking so i don't want to miss anybody instead of bringing city voice to you i will be your voice in the city so please support me second thing donate i rely on people like you for our financial support and any amount will help my campaign call 4037201911 i repeat again 4034037201911 or go to www.electgas.ca to donate i need volunteers please come forward help me in door knocking working uh, working the phones dropping literature and more please call 4037201 1911 or email info@electgas.ca i repeat info@electgas.ca to learn more my policies will be uploaded on the website www.electgas.ca tomorrow so much gas greatly appreciate it jacob two minutes to yourself whenever you're ready So this is going to be the most important election in a generation. 10 of the city council seats have the potential to have different councilors. Many of those like ward 1 will be open seats. We need somebody who's going to be a voice for their community who's spent their life dedicated to community service and who has made a vocation of listening and making their community better that is me my name is Jacob McGregor i've never failed to respond to a constituent concern outside of 24 hours i will work to make our communities safe, vibrant and thriving. We need to properly staff, fund and maintain our fire department, create a Calgary Fire Commission so that we don't have fire halls staffed on a floating basis. We need to have a council that leads by example. not taking three pensions i i'll refuse mine and i'm advocating for an end to supplementary pensions as well as a 10% salary rollback you can contact me at jacobforward1.ca or on social media at jacobforward1 let's get your voice into city hall ward1 I want to serve you. Thank you, Jacob. 
Next, we will go to Chris. Chris, two minutes to yourself whenever you're ready. Hi, I'm Chris Blatch. Once again, I'm, I'm asking for your vote on election day. This is a very important election and it will determine the future of our city. The things that I'm standing for are uh, making sure that we have transparency in our city council, that you know where your money is going, that we need to show fiscal restraint now more than ever, and that we need to make sure that we have a city council that is listening to the communities and that we're working together so that ideas are being implemented properly. There's so many things I'm sure we all want to talk about. We had to uh, cram them into one minute. And uh, even on our websites, you know, we probably all could go on for very long. Please check out my website. Uh, there you go. It's, uh, there you go, uh, blatchward1.ca. Um, you can uh, email me at blatchward1 uh, at gmail.com and you can find me on social media. You can also phone me if you want. Uh, I see that I've missed a couple phone calls. I've got nine messages here uh, from emails in the last hour. Um, my phone number is 403-714-1221. That's my personal phone number. And that will be my personal phone number after the election too. If you want to get a hold of me, just call me. I'm a strong believer that city councilors should not hide from their constituents. So please get in touch. I'm here to answer your questions and I'd love to talk to you because I would love more time. <laughs> and uh, again, thank you to everybody. And thank you so much, uh, Chris, for putting this on because this means a, a lot to us because there aren't a lot of things out there right now. Uh, I know I don't know of any other uh, debates that are happening, but uh, this election is very difficult to talk to people. So please don't hesitate to get in touch. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. And last closing statement will go to Tom. Tom, whenever you're ready. Thanks, Chris, for hosting us. Um, you know, we, we're all saying, saying pretty much the same thing. We all want to be community focused. We all want to have a common sense approach, start making, you know, really thinking about what we're doing, not just pulling a number out of a hat and saying, oh, that's what we're going to do. And we're all going to be fiscally responsible. You know what? I don't think we need to cut taxes. I think our tax rate is fine. I think we, uh, um, based on, and, and, and I work in the mortgage industry and I've done mortgages right across from coast to coast. Our uh, property taxes are right in line with almost everyone right across the country from what I can see. We're actually lower than some of the other major cities. That being said, we need to find ways of working within our budget to increase our services, make, make things more efficient. Um, I want to be your representative. I want to be accountable. I want to be someone that you can pick up the phone call and say, hey, Tom, come this, come do this. I had an email from a resident in Bowness. I actually went out and had a chat with them at their house just to see, you know, what was the real discussion about. I didn't want to make this grand gesture on my email without looking at the real problem. On another note, I like to, you know, thank my son and my daughter who actually are my whole volunteer staff and my wife for allowing me to use my savings account in order to do this uh, this campaign. Um, it's been fun. Um, I want to get back to helping people live in their homes, renovate their homes, cut the red tape, making houses. I, I don't think we have an affordability problem for purchasing houses in the city. We have a lot of affordable houses. Um, we do need some better affordability for renters. You can reach me at tomantonic.com com uh, info at t-o-m-a-n-t-o-n-i-c-k.com 
And uh, I wish you all well, and I hope to see you on October 18th at the voting stations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm going to jump back up here again. I want to take uh, this moment and thank the candidates uh, for doing this tonight, taking time out of your busy schedule and actually sitting down for two hours and uh, talking about the issues that were important to the people of Ward 1 and the City of Calgary. But I also want to take this moment and thank you, the people who have been watching over the last two hours, because without you and without the people who are running, democracy could not happen. Uh, democracy happens when we have voters and candidates. Um, as you know, advanced voting is taking place today and running until October 10th. I want to say take 90 minutes out of your day tomorrow or sometime this week and research the candidates who have taken time out of their day today and the candidates who are running for mayor, the candidates who are running for school board trustee, and get educated. Educate yourself on the candidates and vote for the person that you want to represent you at the end of the day, because the next four years, as all candidates have alluded to, are going to be important. And we want to have the best people who are going to represent our morals and values at City Hall, at the school board, in the Senate, and so on and so forth. Just a reminder, again, advanced voting is from the 4th to the 10th, but also Election Day is October 18th, Monday, October 18th, less than 14 days away. These candidates have their work cut out for them for the next 14 days. I will be back here again tomorrow night with candidates for Ward 3 and topics ranging uh, from uh, COVID-19 and a few green line issues that we want to talk about. So thank you everyone for tuning in tonight. Thank you candidates for doing this. Have yourself an excellent rest of your day and stay safe. Stay safe. Thank you.